If you're struggling personally or professionally, it's not because you're doing something wrong. If the country's problems seem insurmountable, they're not. This stuff is hard. If it was easy, you would have figured it out by now. Fact is, people are way more complicated than you think, and so, naturally, their problems are too. One of my favorite expressions is, you don't know what you don't know. Like a new pair of glasses, this podcast will give you life-altering insights into seemingly hopeless problems. I'm your host, Elaine Belson, and with nearly 30 years of clinical experience, including the Army, I know what works. And I know how to transform profound ideas into messages that are easy to understand, remember, and apply to your own life. Because I do it every day. As a social worker and self-described political junkie, I'll also explain the real reasons behind social division and how to fix it. We don't have a crystal ball to see into the future, but we can have a toolbox full of coping skills to carry us through life's journey. This is where you get your sense of control and mastery over your life. That's what this podcast is for, to fill up your toolbox. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Well, it is morning for, for me. Uh, and <laughs> today is our fourth episode of uh, It's More Complicated Than You Think. So, Fritz, you ready to learn something today? Yes, ma'am. Gonna learn me some things. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you have four kids, so you better be listening to this. You better be I, taking I notes. I'm you better be taking super- notes. Super. Hey, I can either listen or take notes. I've got a man brain. I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> well, the good thing about podcasts, unlike when I am working with my patients, is you can replay it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's right. That's right. Get that on loop. Yeah. All right. So today's episode is Parenting 101, which is kind of a misnomer because this is more like Parenting 504. Like this is like, senior level stuff here, you know, like, or graduate level stuff here. Right. But I am sharing with you stuff that it took me years to learn and figure out. So, all right. So the first thing that we're going to start with is talking about the role of parents. And there's a term it's called mirroring. And It kind of is like it sounds. Basically, one of the most important roles of parents is to be what we call a mirroring object for their children, okay? Okay. And so what does that mean? I'm gonna give you an example. So let's say, Fritz, one of your daughters falls off her bicycle and comes running home crying and says, Daddy, I fell off my bike. And you say, well, you should be more careful next time. Does that Ooh. sound like an appropriate response? No. Okay. I mean, it, it's, it not, it's not earth-shatteringly inappropriate, right? Mm-hmm. But compare that to, that's okay. Everyone falls off their bike sometimes, but I know you're a good bike rider. And you'll get right back on and you'll do great. Okay. What right. is, what are the difference is in between those two mirrors right? The first one is sending the message that the child did something wrong, right? It insinuates that they did something wrong, which is going to make a child feel incompetent. And then, Mm -hmm. but the second one sends a couple of messages. First of all, normalizes it, the behavior of falling Mm -hmm. off the bike. Um, It reminds the child that he is competent and it also teaches him, uh, good coping skills about, you know, what happens when we um, reach adversity. Right. Right. And this is Mm -hmm. the way children learn. They don't learn by sitting them down and talking to them, right? Because they're children. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so 
that is an extremely important role. And so just remember parents that the way you respond to your child is how they get a sense of self. And that's why we have so many people walking around out there, right? With poor sense of self, Mm. right? Right. And what do I mean by sense of self? So it's, it's somewhat about self-confidence, but it's, it's really about who am I? What are my values? What are my strengths? What are my, um, what do I bring to the world? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about having a sense of who you are as a person. And that's also important in terms of how you interact with other people. Right. 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 Um, Because the, the stronger your sense of self, the less easily you are influenced by people and, uh, and you're able to make your own decisions less dependent you are on other people too, for reassurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That all makes sense. But it takes time to get, it, takes, it does. It takes time to get to that point too. And absolutely. Well, yeah, that's what um, growing up is all about. I know. Right. And, and I know going back to the last episode, the thing that really hits home for me is just that they're not, kids are not little adults. And we often project ourselves onto that and think, well, why, why don't they understand this? Like I get it. But hey, I'm 41 years old. I've had a little bit more practice, right? So, <laughs> plus yeah. your mind is fully developed. That that helps too. Yeah, my frontal lobe is in peak condition. Exactly. This is what this is what peak performance looks like, Elaine. <laughs> Not really. I, I no. no uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got okay. baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> All right. Let's move on. So another important role of a parent is what we call a holding environment. And that actually comes from, you know, the concept of, you know, what happens when babies are born, we hold them, you know, like cradling, right? Mm, Um, But then of course, as children get older, that role expands. And um, there's a, a analogy that I like to use, right? Parents are like a backyard fence. So imagine if you have a child in the backyard playing, but there's no fence there. What can happen? The child could wander off and then suddenly realize they don't know where they are. Or a child, somebody could approach the child who means harm, right? Mm -hmm. But theoretically, right, that backyard fence protects them, right? And um, what, so what's going on there is within the confines of that backyard fence, a child can be a child. And that's really important. We need to understand that children are children and to know what's developmentally appropriate. And so what we're doing is we're giving them some room to be children, but we're also creating some structure. And that holding environment is so important in terms of how a child feels about the world. So, you know, it will a child try to climb the fence or or knock down the fence? Yes, of course, they're children, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not something that you comment on. It's just something that you know, and you do, right? And it's about providing consistency, um, nurturing, boundaries, consequences, all of those things, Mm -hmm. right, for a child. And so when a child experiences that, a good holding environment, they internalize it, which means, you know, they they kind of take it and um, sort of make it their own, right? They sort of absorb it. And then that affects how they see the world. They see the world as a place that they have some control over, that they have some mastery over, right? That Mm -hmm. they have some competency over and that the world is to a certain extent, a a trustworthy place. If a child doesn't have that kind of consistency and nurturing and boundaries, 
right? And consequences. What happens is a child develops what we call an anxious attachment. Okay. And they internalize that. So like, for example, when I was growing up, I had, um, uh, what do they call it? Separation anxiety. I had really bad separation anxiety. Mm. And, you know, that's because I grew up with one dysfunctional parent. And so what happens is, is um, they, they don't feel secure out in the world. This, the, 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 the world is a scary place or, or an anxiety provoking place. They don't feel a sense of mastery or sense of that they can handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have any thoughts yeah. about that? I do. It, it reminds me like the analogy that comes to mind for me is back when, well, I guess it's less of an analogy. It's more of a scenario, but it was back when I had a contract at a place and I was given largely free reign to build out a system and the freedom to try some crazy and see what happened. But, you know, there's still the goals of, Hey, we got to get this done within a certain amount of time, but try every trick, you know, learn some things, have fun. And with those constraints, it wasn't like a, like a parent child relationship, but having those constraints and having that freedom really allowed me to explore the depths of the tools. And I learned a ton of stuff that like kicked off my career in a wildly different direction. So, mm-hmm. you know, building out that environment, you know, when it comes to you know, going to the analogy, you said you got, you got an enclosed space of fence, having that environment where kids are free to be kids and learn some things, figure out in a safe area, like, okay, this is kind of how the world works. Okay. Exactly. Got it. And then exactly. they grow up and it's like, right. They're a lot more prepared. and engage in things that kids engage in, like play, mm-hmm. and also um, giving them a place to be developmentally appropriate because they're going to yeah. do that. They're going to have temper tantrums, right? And they're going to um, knock over their cereal bowl and and whatnot. And and if we have enough time, hopefully, I can talk about that some. All right. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to talk about in terms of the role of parents is the power of relationship. And this one, uh, I think, is very underappreciated. But the stronger your relationship with your child, right, Mm -hmm. the easier time you're going to have, because what's going to happen is that child will internalize your values. And they won't want to endanger that relationship. So they will seek your approval and they will more likely to comply because they want to avoid jeopardizing the relationship. So mm-hmm. I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to use this word. It's, it's almost like, you know, use your relationship, quote unquote, use your relationship, right? As a tool, you know as a parenting tool um, to make both your child's life and your life easier. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. it does. It does. And, and when you first mentioned this, I thought this is something that could easily be abused because what if somebody has like messed up values and the kids acclimate themselves to that and say, okay, well, I want the approval of somebody whose values are not actually right. right. So it, it is a two-edged sword. And I, I picked up on that and I'm like, oh, and I'm glad you well, mentioned but what that does is it explains why children also can pick up, you know, dysfunctional habits. If you have mm-hmm. a parent that uh, doesn't provide, you know, positive role modeling, but obviously for a podcast, I am speaking to the vast majority of parents who are high functioning, right? Right. I mean, somebody that is that dysfunctional is not going to uh, change just simply because I give them these tools. 
Right. Right. So, um, so, and, and, you know, when I say close relationship, I mean it in the appropriate sense of the word. Yes. Right. Okay. In the context of the holding environment that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Right. Gosh, the word right. police. Gonna be so, I know. Gonna be, I wasn't going to say so, anything. I know what you meant. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a point. It's a good point. It's a good point because that's one of the reasons that I like talking to you for us is because, you know, I know this stuff. And so I hear it one way and it's good to get your perspective on it. Yeah. Right. You're like too, all my patients wrapped up into one. Oh, and I won't say anything hey, more about that. Wait I won't say <laughs> Is that like telling me I, I got a face for radio? Is that that same thing? <laughs> Every patient I've ever had, I'm like, thanks. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to shoot one of those backhanded compliments. No, I'm yeah. uh, here's, here's a little uh therapy joke the the best compliment a therapist could give you is to call you high functioning yeah yeah you're you're a high functioning individual fritz thank you yes exactly i I surrounded myself with supportive people that had right values and whatnot so yay (laughs) <laughs> I'm the I'm the product of other high functioning folks, birds of a feather. That <laughs> makes a huge difference. It's amazing. And I and people, you know, parents need to appreciate this. Um, that your role has such a huge influence on your child. Mm. You know? Um yeah. and I I hate to use this word, and I hope it won't sound insulting, but I have this term that I call lazy parenting. You know, I mean, parenting is more than just teaching your child, you know, uh, chores and, um, you know, doing their homework and, and basically talking to your child to teach them things, right? Right. Um, we rely, as a culture, we rely way too much on talking to people as a way of getting them to change. And that's not the way most human beings change, right? Right. So anyway, I don't wanna get too far afield on that, but so now we're gonna talk about some, just some basic concepts about children that are important to keep in mind. One of my favorites is children are process oriented. Adults are goal oriented. And I'm going to give you a personal example. So when my daughter was little, we were going to one of these pumpkin farms, right? And it had just rained the day before. So I had given my daughter the, her rain boots, right? And we were with a a bunch of other kids and the other kids were getting on this hayride. And, you know, I said to my daughter, okay, you know, we're going to get on this hayride. And she was so busy jumping in the puddles. And I stopped and I thought to myself, well, if she wants to jump in the puddles, let her jump in the puddles. You know, Um, I didn't have a change of clothes with me. So I held her hand the whole time, make sure she didn't slip and fall. But other than that, you know, I said, if that's what she wants to do, you know, why not? You know, whereas a parent's like, okay, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's the next activity. You know, let's go on the hayride. Mm -hmm. And then after the kids got back, they were going through a maze and the maze had like this word puzzle. So like every, I don't know, a couple of yards or whatever, there would be like another letter and a clue or something like that. And it was Mm -hmm. supposed to spell a word. And so again, being an adult, I'm like, okay, come on, come on. Uh, You know, let's go into the maze. And (laughs) my daughter took about two steps in, saw some corn on the ground, you know, dried up corn and picked it up and was looking at it. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have to do the whole puzzle thing. You know, we don't have to go through the whole maze. If that's what she wants to do, that's what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. So what do you think my daughter was doing there? Well, how old was she? This was like, well, we used to call it nursery school, um, preschool. Yeah. Age, like four, give or take. I think she was operating within that holding environment. You know, it's like she's 
just exploring the world. She's noticing the details that, you know, us adults that are like, our heads are five feet higher in the air than theirs. It's like, and it's all this, look at this stuff around here. You know, they got the <laughs> narrow focus, the corn on the ground. It's like, look at that. Look at that cool bug. It's like, okay. Exactly. You know? And it, you know, and it, it, it's more than that. I mean, think about it. You know, you've been in this world a long time. There's a lot of things you take for granted that kids are like, ooh, look at this. Like how many times have you had to say to your child, you know, they're washing their hands and you're like, come on, okay, come on. And they're just playing in the water right? Mm -hmm. That's what I call the child's job. The child is learning about their world. They're experiencing a lot of things for the first time. And, you know, that whole expression about stopping to smell the roses, we could learn a thing or two from kids, right? Being more process oriented and not always, what's the next thing, right? Right, right. Um, And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, we have to understand that this is more than just, um, a, you know, child being a child. This is their job. They need to do this. Um, okay. Another thing that is really important to remember, as we, you mentioned, alluded to it earlier, is children are not little adults. Mm-hmm. And so they lack insight. They don't have an idea about why they have certain feelings or if they even have feelings now that, you know, there can be um, some variations on that. Some kids are much more able to articulate their feelings than others, but, um, but, but as a whole, right. They don't mm-hmm. have insight. They may not even realize what they're feeling. And they also don't have the ability to articulate their feelings. And I used this analogy last time and Fritz ruined it for me. That's the first time anybody's ruined this analogy. I just want you all to know that he didn't play along. (laughs) He did not play along. Okay. So we're going to try again, Fritz. Okay. And and this time, right. Because we're, we're trying to demonstrate something right to our listeners. Okay. So you're sitting at home on the couch and you're watching your favorite TV program. Okay. And your wife comes up, she grabs the remote out of your hand, sits down, changes the channel. Now you can't talk. What are you going to do? I'm going to yell and flip the couch. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) You know, just Hulk out, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're going to either yell and scream, right. Or you're going to grab the remote out of your <laughs> wife's hand. Isn't, isn't yeah. that what kids do when they're upset? They grab the toy out of the other toy's child's hand or yeah. they, they have a temper tantrum, right? Mm-hmm. That's because they are not little adults. They can't articulate themselves. They, they aren't even aware, you know? And, and actually this is why a, a lot of therapists are not comfortable working with kids because, you know, you can't sit down with them and say, so, you know, how did you feel about the fact that you had, you know, that, that toy stolen from you, you know, well, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really was very um, confusing for me. You know, I, uh, I, I, I thought, you know, the toy was mine, but then, you know, I also learned that, you know, you're supposed to share. I mean, they're not going to say those things, right? Right. They're they're not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They'll be like, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, what, what you do um, is you do play therapy with kids. That's what I do um, is I have all kinds of play therapy, toys, games, whatnot. And what children will do is they will project into their play, what it is that they're thinking and feeling. And Mm -hmm. it's just so amazing. The things that you can see. Um, I'll give you a, a really powerful example. I was working with this boy who had been involved in a, um, accident, um, and he was hit by a truck and he survived. Um, but he also had an older brother that did not. Mm. And I was, had been working with him for, I don't remember exactly how long it was a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And he hadn't said anything about it. And then one day I introduced this um, collection of storyboards. Basically it's like cardboard 
and it has different scenes. Each one has a different scene, like a classroom or a playground or forest or bedroom. And one of them is a cemetery. Mm-hmm. So I simply handed him the stack of storyboards and told him to pick one out. Guess which one he picked out? That cemetery. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Without saying a word. Now, the other thing is this um, toy, if you will, a tool, had um, little s- s- figures, um, like, like cardboard figures of different people. And you would you know, pick out who you wanted and you put them on little stands so they could stand up, right? So he's going through and he's putting, you know, picking up uh, these figures and putting them on stands, right? And then he picks up this figure of a boy. He puts it on a stand then he stops and then he takes the stand off and he lays the figure down. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, as therapists, um, we have to be really careful about leading a child. So I just asked him, I said, what's going on here? What is this? And he said, it's my brother's funeral. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That just shows you how powerful um, play therapy can be. Yeah. All right. So, um, just make sure I'm just going through this. Okay. So it is essential to understand child development in order to put a child's behavior into context. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, parents, you know, this is just something that you need to know. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to be a parent, then again, don't be a lazy parent, learn about child development, you know, there's plenty of books out there on the subject, you know, what to expect at each stage, you know, temper tantrums, for example, are normal. That is a child's way of getting out stress. Remember my remote control TV analogy, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about how you handle things like that. All right. So when we talked about the fact that, you know, their brains are not fully developed, their frontal lobes don't fully develop until the age of 25 and frontal lobe is responsible for, you know, um, thoughtful, thoughtful thinking, right? You know, thinking, Mm -hmm. thinking through things before you act um, and uh, thinking rationally, right? all of Mm -hmm. those sorts of things, right? So you're expecting your child to be able to do something that they're not wired yet to even do, right? Now you can help encourage the building of neurons, (laughs) right? Um, by, By teaching them these things, but you have to do it in a way that a child will understand it. And that's what I'm gonna get to next. So are you ready? I, you know, if I say, they know you're just going to do it anyway. So I need to say, yes, <laughs> this is true. This I, I is am true. ready. It, it, it is good stuff though. It's seriously like, I never know going into every show, like, Hey, what are we going to learn today? But there's like some actual stuff so far. So exactly. I'll say yes. And I'm, I'm a pragmatist ready. at heart. I am a pragmatist at heart. That's the social worker in me. And I want people to learn things that they can use. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in me talking for an hour. If you know, I might say some inspiring things or, or some, um, uh, you know, encouraging things or whatever. But uh, if, if, if you can't, if I'm not making a difference in people's lives, um, if I'm not pe- teaching people how to fish, I'm just giving them a fish, then mm-hmm. I'm not doing my job. Right? Right, I right. tell my patients that, Um, I don't give advice. I empower people to make their own decisions. And if I'm doing my job, I make myself obsolete, which is I want you to be able to take these tools and use them so that you don't need someone like me, but you have to learn them. This is not intuitive. Okay. So let's talk about some techniques. 
And everything I'm sharing with you, I share with my patients. So you're getting a free therapy session. Woohoo! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm not even going to bill like your insurance. Stuff. I'm not going right. to. What's that? I said, I like free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. So one of the most powerful techniques is I call it the three-part response. And so what that involves is, remember I was talking about mirroring earlier, okay? So you can use your role as a mirror to help your child learn about their feelings and um, process their feelings, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing, if a child is upset about something or, um, you know, they've, um, done something perhaps acted, you know, uh, acted out in some way, Mm -hmm. right. The first thing that you want to do is you want to mirror back the feeling. Now, again, children are not going to say, now sometimes again, you know, sometimes you do have some really, you know, uh, intuitive children and they can say, I'm angry. (laughs) Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but even there, they're, um, what, with the vernacular, there's very limited, you know, angry, sad, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) scared. Right. So, um, but what, so what you want to do is do not focus on the behavior focus on the feeling behind the behavior. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to respond to. And that's what you want to comment on. Okay. Right. Do you have like maybe an example that we could use of like something, you know, little that maybe one of your children did where they were like acting out or upset about something? Yeah. I mean, sort of a perennial example. I mean, because seriously, and this is not meant to come off as anything, but there's a lot of hormones in the house right now. Okay. So there is a lot of yelling. There is a lot of like, blah, blah, get out of my room. Stop touching my stuff. And it's like, okay. So you don't want them touching your stuff. I understand and that, you know, when you are trying to set your own boundaries and people violate those, it makes you feel a certain thing. So let's talk about that. And you know, sometimes, yeah, we're tired and it's like, girls, can you just like not, (laughs) but, you know, dealing with the emotion is like, okay, there's a root reason why you feel this way. Um, like there, so we've got, so we're in a three bedroom house. We, my wife and I have one bedroom, two of the girls have one bedroom, the older two have their own room and the other two younger ones are in their own room. And so there's like a rule where it's like, you're supposed to knock and ask if you can enter the other room. And I can't tell you how many times they went in our room without permission. It's like, okay, well, there's, there's a reason why, right? So let's, instead of just saying, oh, get out of the room, just, you know, the rule, let's deal with the emotion and understand why we're feeling this way. Yeah. But I mean, well, that gets to facilitating, which I'm going to talk about also. Um, But once again, folks, um, I ruined it. Fritz ruined my, my example. I'm sorry. He's too healthy. This is the problem. <laughs> it's too high functioning. I told you, um, <laughs> you know, you were, you, 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 you stepped on it. Right. Yeah. Um, which was, and I mean that in, in a good way, you, yes. you, is that when, when your daughter was upset, you, you verbalized her feelings, you verbalize what was going on. I get it that, you know, you want your space, you want your privacy. That's exactly what mirroring is, right? You don't respond to the fact that we don't yell, don't yell at your, yell at your sister, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't yell in this house or, you know, don't be so disrespectful. Yeah. What you do is you comment on wow, you sound really angry right now. Yeah. Right. Just the, just the emotion. Right. Right. Or, wow, you look really sad right now. Whatever the emotion is, 
even though they may be acting quote unquote disrespectful, right? And I'll mm -hmm. talk about that too. Um, but, you know, especially the younger children, you know, um, if so you if don't focus, if you focus on the behavior, what you're doing is you're cutting off an opportunity for them to learn. And the more they learn, the easier your job gets. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it, so I could recover this and say, all right, well, I'll give the right answer and say, yeah, if that happens, then I'll say, what kind of bills are you paying in this house to be slamming doors? You got door slamming money. So is that, is that the accurate, is that what you were looking for? I'm seeking your approval. Elaine. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Fritz. That is, and, 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 you know, that's not far off. Right. You know, right. for some, for some folks and, you know, everyone means well, but you're thinking like an adult, mm -hmm. you know, eat all the food on your plate. You know, there's people starving in Africa, whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> um, we try to reason with children, right. but even mm -hmm. adults don't like it when other adults try to reason with their feelings, what they're going to hear is you're wrong for the way that you think and feel. And here's this really good reason why. Even though the person has good intentions. So, right. anyway, the second thing is to validate and normalize the feelings. And this is where it's helpful to get out of parent mode and just be yourself, right? Be genuine. And being genuine in and of itself is a tool. So, I'll go back to your example. Um, so your daughter yells and slams the door and you say, wow, you sound really angry right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really annoying when, you know, your sister doesn't knock before entering the room and it's really frustrating. And then you can say, you know, I remember when I was your age, you know, that was a big deal to me too. Or you can relate it to something in the present. It's like when I'm at the office and I'm in my, my little cubbyhole or my office, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't like when people just walk up to me and start talking to me without saying, excuse me, is this a good time? Mm -hmm. right? So you're using yourself, your own experience, right? Mm -hmm. Either something from the present or something from the past to normalize your child's feelings, right? Because right. it's true. This is, these are normal. There's no such thing as a wrong or bad feeling. It's how you cope with it. Mm. So the third thing is then once you've mirrored the feeling, oh, let me, let me talk about something else. Okay. What does mirroring do? What is the function of mirroring? It will help your child to make the connection between their feelings and their behavior. A lot of times they don't realize what they're feeling. It's obvious to you, but it's mm -hmm. not, they're not making that connection. You know what I like to do? I like to ask parents, think back when you were younger, are there things that you say to yourself, what was I thinking? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I have this thing. I swallowed a live goldfish in college. Uh, my sister had a um, convertible, and my friend and I were sitting like up on the back of the car, mm -hmm. you know, sitting like while she was riding down the. It was it was a street, you know. It was a a street and at a beach, you know, like a main street at the beach. But yeah, needless to say, we got stopped by police. But anyway. <laughs> But you, you ask yourself, what was I thinking when I did these things, right? Yeah. You weren't. That's the point. Ah. Right? Right. We assume that children can reason right, and are in touch with their feelings the way we are. And so when you say, wow, you look really angry right now, they're thinking, oh, is that what that is? Okay. Now, obviously, one time is not going to make a difference. But if you keep doing that with your children, they're going to start to get it. They're going to be like, and they're going to start to say, I'm angry. 
right? They're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to start to make the connection. They're going to be able to articulate their feelings. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're teaching them how to connect with their feelings, right? And label them. The other thing that it does is it feels supportive because what you're saying is I hear you. I hear the emotion and you're helping that child to access something that they aren't capable of accessing yet. Mm -hmm. Right. They're trying to tell you they're angry, but they can't. So they act out their feelings. Mm. And so what you're doing is you are putting words, the proper words to what they're feeling. And by doing so that, gives them a feeling of like, oh, this person understands me. And again, it's not conscious. They're not going to think about that, but they're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting thing. Our feelings pick up on things before our brains do, before our conscious mind does. Just that's think about interesting. that. Yep. I've not heard that before. I didn't know that yeah. there was like a... Think about, yeah. you know, think about abuse. You know, children will feel scared of, you know, that abuser, mm-hmm. but they won't necessarily put two and two together and say, yeah, this is not right. And I should, you know, I, I shouldn't be putting up with this. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they will find some way of rationalizing it um, because they need those parents to take care of them. Right. So, so the validating normalizing is also supportive because obviously what you're saying is your feelings are okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not a bad person, right? right. Now, how many people, I know I used to, I can remember if my parents had you know, an argument, I would say, think to myself, oh my God, they're gonna get a divorce, you know? Yeah. I don't know where I got the idea that anger is a bad emotion, but, it's not right. I mean, we have anger for a reason. It's, right. I think we talked about this too previously. Um, it's a very empowering emotion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we can use it to motivate ourselves to, to do things like, uh, like stand up to the Supreme Court. Yeah. For example. For example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. So then the third thing is after you have mirrored the feeling and validated, only then can you start talking about changing the behavior. Okay. Right. You've got to mirror to get their attention so that they're listening to you. And you've got to validate so that they feel comfortable and safe to listen to you and not feel like they're being attacked. And then you redirect. Okay. So you can I'm going to use your example again, Fritz. Okay. Okay. Say, okay. Wow. You sounded really angry, you know, when you slammed that door. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can understand being annoyed at your sister for not following the rules. Right? What's another way that you can express your anger that isn't, potentially um, destructive and also hurtful, right? Yeah. Now, in, in the case of a teenager, you can redirect in a problem-solving way. In other words, instead of saying, look, in the future, that's not the way you express your anger. You know, you don't slam the door. You just tell your, your sister to get out. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or right. you know, remember the rule that we agreed on, whatever. Right. As soon as they get old enough. Right. And, you know, I would say six, seven years old. Um, you can start actually trying to get them to solve the problem. Ask them instead of tell them. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them. Don't slam the door or we don't slam the door in this house. We don't slam doors in this house. Ask them, what's another way that you can show anger that's appropriate? 
right? And see what they come up with. This is like exercising. If they don't use their brains, they're problem solving, they're not going to use it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Use it or lose it. Got to earn them right. brain wrinkles. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I told people that. that That's, that I've, like, no, I've been using it for like a decade. Okay. I'm like, you just got to, you really got to earn those brain wrinkles. And there's a, there's a moment <laughs> where it's like, right. trying it's to great, figure right, things yeah. out. When it finally snaps, and actually your cerebral like, cortex your cerebral cortex does stretch and, and change depending on what you do. Yep. But that's, that's a whole nother topic. Anyway, squishy stuff. It's squishy. Yeah. It's very squishy stuff. This is the show for um, that. And, and not only is it squishy, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Right. It is. So see how complicated parenting is. I'm sorry, folks. It is. It is. I'm sorry, folks. Sorry. That's what Shameless that's plug. what I'm here to do. I am here to wake you up and recognize mm-hmm. that people are complicated, so their problems are too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but if they're younger children, then you can just redirect. So, a lot of times, what what we do as adults is we say, "Don't jump on the couch," or "Or don't slam." the don't slam the door and then especially with the younger child it's like okay i know what i'm not supposed to do now what right right don't take it for yes exactly that's what redirecting is say it's not okay to slam the door Mm -hmm. it's okay to close your door and tell your sister i don't i want some privacy right now Mm-hmm. or if you have a lock, it's okay to close the door quietly and lock it. Right. Right. Um, and so, yes, that's what you're doing is you're not just leaving them stuck with what not to do. You're also teaching them healthy, appropriate alternatives. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And trust that. me, and I can't tell you how many times I have had parents follow this exact strategy this mm-hmm. three-part strategy and then they'll tell me oh my god it worked yep you know it it's funny because when you hear parents say use your words it's like that's a diet version of what we're talking about like it's more than just use your words use your words like what words like what how like what right. like you know what you mean as a parent when you say that but right. the kids are like, I am right. using words and I'm yelling. Well, if you Hold find yourself, kidding. if you find that you're repeating yourself or you're getting louder, mm-hmm. what that's telling you is that the child doesn't know how to do what it is you're asking them to do. Okay. And you might think they do. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. I'll give you an example. I that um, on a refrigerator I, magnet. Yep. <laughs> I, I, and, and, I, and let me just tell folks, um, I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to put this in two parts so oh. that we will finish up with today's episode. And then tomorrow we will do continuation of parenting 101, right? Because it's just too much. Right? And it's a bunch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is. I mean, Hey, like I said, I usually takes, you know, several therapy sessions, right. For for um, you know, my patients to learn this stuff and mm-hmm. put it in practice. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to give you an example. So, a teenager that I'm working with, um, she's continuously was struggling, you know, with academics, and when her parents asked her about it, you know, why why are you why do you have this grade or you know when, um you know, she would, or she does make a lot of excuses like, well, you know, the teacher, I don't really, you know, nobody in the class understands him or the, the students are, are talking too much um, or um, that, that nobody understands the project, whatever, those kinds of things. In other words, 
they're making excuses. I'm sure every parent out there knows what that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you try, if you try implement a intervention to try to help that child to improve their grades and they're still doing it, what that's telling you is that they don't know how to change. You're just telling them change. And they're like, well, okay. But so one of the things that I had to teach these parents and every child is different, but for this particular child, right? Problem solving was a real challenge, Mm -hmm. right? And so you, you know, we take it for granted. So when she says, when she makes an excuse, what she's saying is, I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't know what I'm doing. So I give up. Right. Right. So what I do with her and what I'm, you know, empowering her parents to do with her is to start getting her to problem solve and say, okay, you don't understand the directions. What's in your control? What can you do? Kids are talking in class. What can you do about that? And it's not, you don't want to tell the child, this is a teenager, you don't want to tell the child, well, why don't you say something to the teacher? Because then you're depriving them of the very thing they need experience in, which is problem solving. Mm. It's the lack of problem solving skills that are causing the child to give up. So there's a method to the madness, folks. Oftentimes there is a method to the madness um, with kids. And so, you know, uh, I think we we talked about this before. Um, Children that need the most love will ask for it in the most unloving of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the last episode. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to finish with techniques here. Um, well, if we, I, I don't know if we have time to finish all of them. Okay. But I'll, I think we have time for at least one more, don't we? We'll just do one more. And then, okay. Okay. you know, that'll make people be like, oh, I got to hear the rest. It's a good. That's true. That's true. Episode. I hadn't thought Ooh, about that. Cliff yeah. We planned that. We planned that the whole time, didn't we? Didn't we? Totally. First? Totally planned it. Okay. Well, actually, I'll, I'll do this one because um, it touches on what you were talking about earlier which is sibling rivalry. How do you handle sibling rivalry? What you want to do is you want to facilitate, not take sides, not solve the problem for them. So what you would do in your example is this is the way I always start it. What's going on? What's going on here? Okay. So you hear, you know, door slam, you hear your daughters yelling at each other. And you walk them and you go, whoa, what's, what's going on here? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then each side is going to have their story, right? Their interpretation mm-hmm. of what's yes. going on. Okay? Separately. Very important. Separately. Separately. Separate Not perspectives. Just, I, 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 at the same time, I'm like, Stop. Right, right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and if they start talking at the same time, you just tell them, you know, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what each of you has to say. And I can't do that if you're both talking at the same time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. You, um, you, you hear each of them out. Okay. And then again, you're not going to take sides. You're going to ask them questions to get them to solve their own conflict. Hmm. So you're teaching them conflict resolution skills. Okay. Right. And so, you know, it's like, again, you know, what, what's a different way that each of you could have handled what you did. And it's really helpful if instead of having the child focus on the other child's behavior, like what they did wrong, Mm -hmm. what I generally do is have them focus on what's in their control, right? So you're getting away from the finger pointing and the criticizing and saying, no, don't worry about what, what, what she did. What can you do differently? And if each of them are, is doing that and looking at that, right, they're taking ownership and responsibility for their own behavior. Um, because no matter how much somebody upsets you, you're still responsible for how you manage your feelings 
and how you express them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you want to teach your kids, but you can't tell them that they need to learn it for themselves. Right. We cannot think for our children. Right. Um, so I had, I had something I was going to say to sum it up. Um, do you have any thoughts? Maybe it'll come to me. <laughs> I think my main thought is I, and you, and you told me I'm a high functioning parent. So this isn't like, babe, we got to listen to this because we are jacked up raising these girls. Not it at all. I, I really, the way that we seek to raise our girls falls well in line with what you're talking about. And there's a lot of stuff in here that to some parents, it's going to be like, yeah, but for some other ones, it's like, it's, it's almost like parents at a certain level, you tell them, Hey, change. But they're like, um, I don't know how, cause this is all I know. You know, it's almost like there's a level above of, of self-expressing and tactics that they're just not aware of. There's tools available that they right. don't know about. I don't right. know about. And well, that's the key. I wanted to hear, you know, this if, 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 if folks, if you're not doing this stuff out there, right. It's because you were never taught. Right. And this stuff is not intuitive. You have to learn it. And I thought of what it was I wanted to to say in in closing. You know, sometimes parents will say, oh my gosh, you know, it takes so much energy to remember all this stuff, all these different, you know, concepts and skills. And I say to them, do you know how much energy it takes to fight with your child? Yeah, a lot. Trust me. You are making your life easier, especially when they get to the teen years, because you will have been training them this whole time, emotional intelligence, conflict resolution, communication skills, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, yeah. emotional regulation, right? That's what you're doing takes time up front, but it pays off in the long run. Exactly. And it actually, like I said before, I've had, you know, so many parents tell me that it's almost like you just plug it in. It's like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And oh my God, it works. Yeah. Yep. It really nice. does. I love it. I love it. So like I said, we'll finish up tomorrow. going to talk some more, a few more techniques and then some do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I have a, a really good reference that I'll, I want to recommend to folks. Maybe that'll get them. You think that'll I you got, you think I hooked them in there with that? I think I think you got them. I think okay. ooh, yeah, gotta gotta get them thirsty. Keep them coming back for more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love it. Well, okay. I guess everybody probably needs to take some time out and rest your brain for a while. Yeah. <laughs> After- absorbing all that that and uh we will we'll talk to you um episode five all right thanks for your time take care everybody take care thanks for joining us for episode four of it's more complicated than you think parenting 101 today's takeaways remember you are a mirror to your child how you respond that is what you say how you say it and your behavior affects how your child sees him or herself. Validate and normalize your child's feelings before you correct their behavior. The better your relationship with your child, the more likely they are to internalize your values, seek your approval, and comply to avoid jeopardizing the relationship. Children are not little adults. To respond appropriately to your child, you must take into consideration where that child is developmentally and how children see the world. Tune into episode five for some important parenting do's and don'ts. Take care. Mm-hmm.